Welcome back to my podcast, Bethany Says, Beauty, Style, and You. Today, I'm discussing dress codes, and I'm going to break it into two parts, like I did with my Marie Kondo podcast. I love keeping my segments short and sweet, getting right to my main points, and leaving you with a nugget or two to use in your life. Dress codes is a hot-button topic right now. We have people getting upset at Notre Dame Mom for asking young ladies not to wear crop tops and leggings to church. We're talking about what Serena Williams is wearing on the tennis court. And not long ago, we were talking about a high school principal in Houston who enacted a dress code for parents. Let's dive in. love sharing our opinions about what others are wearing and what they should and shouldn't wear, but when it comes to someone telling us what to wear, well, that's off limits because we never do anything wrong when it comes to our choices in fashion, right? No, not right. We need reminders. On occasion, I'll get a call from an HR manager who wants me to come speak to their staff about the importance of dressing well for the office. They don't want to be the bad guy, so they hire me to be the bad guy. Unless there's a uniform involved, most dress codes these days are not specific, leaving it up to the employee to decide what's best. The problem is that most of us are not taking a class, an image, office dress, how clothing should fit, etc. So when we're given a vague guideline for what to wear, unless you've taken it upon yourself to learn these things, we stumble. Sometimes I can't tell who's going to the office and who's going to the pool party. I believe in dress codes and I believe in dressing well for your life. I enjoy comfort as much as the next person. In fact, I'm wearing some comfortable printed pants right now that have a drawstring waist. You don't have to trade comfort for style, especially these days when more fabrics and clothing cuts are geared towards flexing with our lives and our bodies. The reason dress codes are important and still relevant is because they help us remember that we are representing ourselves when we step out for the day. Not only that, but we're representing our family, our values, and the company we work for should we clock in somewhere. No pressure, but you're representing a lot there with your image. So let's talk about the James Madison High School in Houston, Texas that enacted a dress code for parents. In a letter to parents dated April 9th, Principal Carlotta Outley Brown wrote, You are your child's first teacher. We are preparing your child for a prosperous future. We want them to know what is appropriate and what is not appropriate for any setting they may be in. I love the wording of this letter and I agree. Education begins at home, including image education. A parent was turned away from the school the prior day for wearing a short dress and a headscarf. Critics of the dress code say it is elitist, attacking families who cannot afford to dress according to the dress code. The ban includes revealing clothing, sagging clothing, pajamas, hair rollers with satin caps, and bonnets. I've never lived in poverty, I've never taken clothing handouts, or had to choose whether to buy food or to buy clothing, so I know I'm looking at this issue through a different set of lenses. As parents, we do the best we can for our children. 
often sacrificing what we want or need to cover their needs. I like the intention of the dress code the school enacted, and I think that's where we should focus. There are families sending their kids to this school who struggle financially. They can't walk into a store and buy new clothing, but they can think about what they wear from the choices that they have at home and where they are going to wear them. Parents, like everything involving their children, do a great service to themselves and their children when they present themselves as well as possible when they set foot into the school. When you clock into an office, this is where your mind should be. You are dressing for the company brand as much as for yourself. When I speak at companies, I don't tell employees exactly what to wear. My aim is to get them to be mindful of the company brand and to understand they are an extension of the brand. I worked in corporate for 15 years and I'm not sure I ever thought of my image in this way. I remember my first dress code, suits, suit separates, and hose if you were wearing a skirt. Talk about the stone ages of dress codes, my goodness. This relaxed over time as business casual became more practical for the modern lifestyle and the company embraced business casual into their dress code. But when business casual began, it meant the removal of your necktie and suit jacket. Well, <laughs> we've gone way off that track. My husband works for a well-known international company and I've observed managers in his office wearing flip-flops and cargo shorts. This company isn't focused on personal appearance at work. And I think that's a shame. It doesn't take much more effort to put on a pair of pants and a casual button front shirt instead of shorts and a t-shirt. When you dress well for your job, you're showing respect for yourself, number one, respect for the company you work for, and respect for those around you. I think we forget that our image is not only affecting the wearer, but we're also affecting the people we encounter each day. Studies have shown certain attire affects our performance. We feel smarter, stronger, and more capable of tackling difficult tasks or going into a stressful meeting when we wear our power pieces, whatever those are for you. Serena Williams was banned from wearing a cat suit type outfit at the French Open last year. She was wearing this to help her with blood clots following the birth of her daughter. Serena blew it off. She said she has a great relationship with the French Tennis Federation President Bernard. Oh, GD. I'm gonna. I'm not even gonna try to pronounce the last name. I will just mess it up. Bernard. We'll leave it at that. The president, more or less, said the cat suit was not respectful to the game or the venue. We haven't had to wear skirts in the corporate workplace for a long time. I think it's time for tennis to catch up. Let the woman wear a cat suit if that's what she's comfortable wearing. Serena, in true Serena style, showed up at the U.S. Open later that season wearing not just a skirt, but a black tulle tutu. Well, take that, tennis. You want a skirt? Here's your skirt. Serena returned to the French Open this year in a two-piece zebra-striped outfit, which consisted of a crop top and a skirt. She was definitely turning heads in this print, and I might add, I think she was showing more skin than she did in the cat suit. But somehow that's okay to the French Tennis Federation. I sure didn't hear anything from them about her outfit. And I was applauding uh, in this choice. I thought it was great. 
Don't get me wrong, I'm not changing my mind about dress codes, but the other thing that a dress code must do is adapt with the times while remaining true to the values of the company or organization. When a dress code doesn't embrace other fashion choices we have available in the broader market, then it may have lost its touch. An outdated dress code lacks power. As our lives change, our clothing changes, and what makes sense for us to wear 30 years ago does it right now. That's life. Fashion shifts with the times like everything else. I'm on a little bit of a roll here, but I want to stop and save the rest for part two. It's going to get better as we talk about the Notre Dame mom who wrote the letter to the school newspaper. For now, I want to leave you with a favorite quote from E. Jean Carroll, who writes a column for Elle magazine. Dress how you wish to be addressed. Thank you for listening and for joining me today. Please subscribe so you don't miss a single episode and share this podcast with a friend. I look forward to talking with you again soon with part two.